My mission is to help organizations and open source projects become more professional in how they use metrics and analytics. I want to help everyone understand their projects and communities. We are looking at all the different kinds of metrics that you can possibly think of. There are so many different things that need to happen in an open source project, and so a good quality project makes sure that they pay attention to all of these different areas. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. All right, welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the call, we've got Georg Link. Hi there, my name is Georg Link. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I live by choice. I come originally from Germany, though, so it's been a long way. <laughs> awesome. Do you want to explain your, your background and professionally and what you're, you're doing today with the community? Of course. So I'm an open source strategist. And my mission is to help organizations and open source projects become more professional in how they use metrics and analytics. I want to help everyone understand their projects and communities. And so this came out of uh, research. I was at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, earning my PhD and looking into how organizations engage in open source. And metrics kept coming up and the idea of community health. And so we started the Chaos Project under the Linux Foundation. And Chaos is short for Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, where we talk about metrics and analytics. We define what that all means and build software. And after I graduated, I now work at Biturgia, which uh, the company has been providing this as a service for almost eight years now. Oh, that's awesome. When I think of open source, like I think of like the random like npm packages that I, I install onto my projects, and then every now and then I'll I'll pop in there and see what's going on with the GitHub commits. So like, where did you see this need for community health and like metrics for open source projects? Are we talking like these small packages? Are we talking like large like the tens- TensorFlows and the, all the other large uh, projects on GitHub? <laughs> That's an interesting question because the the need for metrics is at very different levels and different people have different needs for metrics or they use different reasons for why they engage in a metrics journey. And one of the reasons that comes out of the community is by the contributors that they want to understand who is contributing, who is doing what, how is the project doing, and they want to recognize their different contributors and all the different types of contributions that are being brought forward. Uh, Another reason to start a metric journey starts in an organization like a foundation or in a company where they want to understand what are our projects doing that we rely on or that we want to work with and engage in. And there it's very much about mitigating risk as well as identifying areas for having the most impact when they join these communities. And it, it ranges. You can have these large projects where you want to understand what is happening, but also the small projects to identify is are all the projects that I'm relying on as a company, are there any that are being out of date? They're not updating. There are many metrics that you can look at. So 
Do you mind, like, can we talk about specific metrics, uh, some like real life use cases? Because I'm curious, because I know not every contribution to a project is going to be like code related. So I'm curious of like what sort of metrics do you you find uh, are most useful for projects? The chaos project. I'm coming back to the chaos project that we have here. Yeah, we are looking at like all the different kinds of metrics that you can possibly think of. And we started this project three years ago, just listing everything out. And over the years, we have come to organize them. So there are different kinds of metrics. And we organize them in working groups, just because that's natural for how we think and engage with the metrics that we want to group them logically. So the working groups we have in the chaos project are the diversity and inclusion working group, where we look at how do we understand the diversity of the contributors, the different types of contributions that they make, how do we understand how welcoming is the community, do people stick around, and do we have any biases there. Another working group is the evolution working group. It started out as the growth, maturity, and decline working group, where we are looking at metrics around how is the project overall evolving Is this a growing project? So we look at number of contributions, commits, issues. Are we maturing? Are we leveling off? Or is this project in decline? And I'm not saying this is good or bad. We just want to understand where the projects are. And some projects have reached their goal. And now the people involved are moving elsewhere. And that is perfectly fine. So those are some metrics there. We have two more working groups. One is risk and one is value. And then one final one that has like meta metrics or common metrics that we share across all of these working groups. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually really uh, like the value as well as like the um, identifying of a project's like either growing or declining, I think is super, super valuable. I think a lot of people look at hype and Twitter and like interactions there, but I've, and also like even GitHub pushes, commits, like how long PRs sort of stay open. Like that all seems like valuable information, but I think. Most people use like anecdotal evidence to make a statement around like uh, one of the popular things I heard in the last like five years is like is Ruby dead? Like because the language itself is like pretty synonymous with a lot of stuff. You see like the growth in JavaScript. Like how do you compare like taking that that value and compare that to JavaScript or compare you know another project or compare this other request library that does HTTP requests <laughs> against another one? Like, yeah, comparing is something that we hear a lot about because how, how do you know something is good if you don't have a baseline to compare it against? And the tools that we are building in the Chaos Project, especially the Augur tool, Augur is a software that is developed at the University of Missouri in cooperation with the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And comparing between communities has been a feature from the very early stages of this prototyping, this tool. The thing I want to mention, though, is we've tried, so not me personally, but we had people on the team that have tried to look at all the metrics that they collect. Um, and we went to the GitHub archive to really have a long history there to see, can we identify trends? Can we compare metrics? And one of the issues we ran into is how do you segment or group the projects that you want to compare with each other? Because open source projects are so different and every 
project works a little different, they use GitHub a little different, or even their mailing lists or whatever tools they use, every project is a little bit different. And so the same metric means something different in, depending on the context of the project. And so comparing between projects becomes difficult. There's something that we're working on and we're thinking about, but the much more useful comparison is comparing it against your own history. So if you're looking at the project, you want to start tracking metrics and then see over time, are there any upticks? Are there any people leaving? And then we have suddenly a module that is not being maintained anymore. Are there whatever the metrics are that are critical to you. That's uh, really interesting. So can we dig a little deeper in that Augur thing that you mentioned? Like Augur, I'm familiar like with the name, like in the, maybe not as familiar, I've heard of it before, but this whole comparison thing, like that's something that is coming through, you, you mentioned two universities, one being Omaha. Like, Is this something that is coming and funded by more university research, or is this something that is like open source maintainers or maybe the Linux Foundation, are they specifically looking for this and funding it? Or is it all of the above? <laughs> it is something that gets uh, quite a bit of attention. The project was funded initially by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation. And I don't currently know if there are any other funds involved since I'm no longer with that research group. But I know that Sean Goggins, the professor who is leading the research project there, he has worked with uh, Remy DeCosmaker from Twitter. And if you go to the year in review on Twitter, that is powered by the Augur tool in the back end for collecting the data and then exposing it through an API. And then the team at Twitter built out a nice interface that uses that data. There's a nice presentation from the last ChaosCon, which we can probably put in the show notes, where they explained how they worked. Yeah, for sure. We'll link that. So yes, that's the Augur project. Let's talk about a little more tools within this space. Your organization's actually maintaining something called Cauldron, which I had a, uh, an opportunity to play around at, at FOSDEM. Actually, can we just talk about that and then maybe talk about some other tools that are in the space? Yeah, so Cauldron is based on a tool that we have been developing for many years now, uh, Grimoire Lab. The Chaos Grimoire Lab project is one of the founding projects of the Chaos Project, originally developed by Biturgium, the company that I work at now. And they've developed this tool set. It's a multiple Python libraries, one for collecting data, one for enriching the data, one for managing identities because people use different usernames and different email addresses when they contribute to open source projects. So to resolve all of those issues, the Grimoire project has several tools. And then the new service, the cauldron.io service that Biturge is developing, is a hosted solution for all of these tools that nicely integrated and has a nice interface where you can just go to cauldron.io, you can type in whatever your GitHub organization is, then it pulls in all the repositories and collects data. We go to the Git log to get the Git history and then to the GitHub API to also get uh, information about the issues and pull requests. And you can immediately, well, not immediately, take some time to collect the data, but within a couple of minutes, you can start having some metrics there. 
Yeah, very cool. And then this is like community source metrics too as well. So if we both look at the same project, will that those metrics already be there, or do I have to like leverage my all my own keys to get that kickstarted? Yeah, that's the that's the interesting part about the Cauldron platform that we store the data and anonymize it, and then everyone shares the same data set. So if you go and look at your project, and I go day later, the data is already there, then I just need to get the difference of what happened since you last looked at it. So that's a really cool feature because you can get the data eventually if we have all the projects in it almost instantly. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, that's that's awesome that all this is out there in the open. I'm curious, like this is all based around open source. So is this all open source? And is there like some sort of foundation as well around just community health? So yeah, no, that's a fair question. And maybe I'll untie a little bit all these different names and organizations involved here. So the Chaos Project is hosted by the Linux Foundation. Gotcha. And that is the umbrella where we all get together in this Chaos Project. And Chaos is short for Community Health Analytics Open Source Software. The Chaos Project has two parts to it. One is the metric side, where we identify metrics, we talk about how they can be used, we specify how you collect the data, and try to establish some standards so that when we're looking at metrics, you and I look at metrics, or anyone else listening to this podcast looks at metrics, that we're talking about the same metrics, and we can actually start comparing them. So that is the metric discussion in the Chaos Project. The other part is the software side. And the Chaos Project has three active projects. Initially, we had um, a fourth one, but it's been put in the attic. Augur is one of those projects. Remore Lab is the other one. And then we have Cregit. And Cregit is uh, basically a Git blame, but much more granular. So you can actually see who added this uh, variable or who edited this variable the last time. It's not line-based like Git blame, but you can go down to the tokens. And then the fourth project would be Prospector, which was developed at Red Hat. And the cool thing about that is you can actually look at a portfolio of projects and then have different weights for your metrics. And then you get a like a green, red yellow uh, signal for how those projects are doing based on the parameters you define. And so we, we have at the top the Linux Foundation Chaos Project. We have these four or three software projects. And different organizations like Biturgia and others are engaging in these software projects as well. So it, it sounds like there's a lot of people who are pushing this forward. So I'm curious, with all this effort, what are there some limitations uh, around getting community metrics and identifying health of projects? So the limitations that we face are typically around ethics. Uh, is it the right thing to do for us to collect the data about what our contributors are doing? And there have been some laws recently, like the GDPR and CCPA, that have really made us think about how we treat the data about what individual people are doing. But the thing is that as long as you have a valid reason for looking at this data, the law is typically okay with you doing it as long as you let your contributors know that you're doing it and that they have a way to opt out at some point. 
or somehow. Another challenge has been around this idea that the metrics are very specific to the projects. Like what we discussed earlier, where you cannot really compare just out of the box between projects, but you can, you, you have to look at the metrics in the context of the projects. So when you're looking at the metrics, I cannot give you the five metrics that apply to all the projects and then tell you, is this project healthy or not? And that's something that we've been asked for in the Chaos Project time and time again. Just give me the five metrics to look at. And we just can't. And our approach now is to say, we define the metrics. We can tell you how you collect the data and what you can look at. But then it's on you to actually tell the story of the community. You now have more objective measures that can back up your story or identify anomalies that you were not even aware of because communities, open source projects can grow so big that you don't know what's happening everywhere. Yeah. I might prefer that that approach too, because when you talk about ethical and like the possibility of gaming metrics, so like I know like the green squares on your GitHub profile can like lead to bad behavior. So if I need to make sure there's a commit happening every time on this project every day or whatever it is, or at least once a week, like that's not really necessarily a good metric to look at, which is why I appreciate projects like Chaos, which are it's a broader look at the health of the project. So it's not just commits, but it's like how many issues or are we talking about this on like a, a, a forum? Or are we talking about this on a third party like Twitter or or whatever it is? Like whatever is the value for that project itself? So yeah, I, I appreciate that. There's not like a, a strict guideline because I, I think you could definitely push people towards one thing, and then open source turns into yes, yes, not not as uh, a fun place to be in. Yeah, and that's uh, something that from the very beginning people have talked about is the idea of gaming metrics. You know, once you start measuring something, you shape the behavior around what you're measuring. And it's super important to not focus on just one key metric because it will become obsolete. People will start gaming that metric. Are there any metrics around this, uh, this quality of the open source project? So like some projects, they have great contributing guides and then some projects have very lacking contributing guides some projects have like a discord uh, some projects have no way to communicate other than email or github issues so like is it the way to sort of grade that as far as uh, quality goes that's an interesting question the working group in the chaos project that deals with those kinds of questions is probably the diversity and inclusion working group where we are looking at does this project have a code of conduct, because that is an indicator for, is this project actually taking a stand on saying we want to be welcoming, inclusive, we want to have a, an interaction that is enjoyable for all of us. But then we also go into those things that you're talking about with other communication channels, open and welcoming, and are we uh, excluding people because of that. We are also looking at uh, types of contributions because a well-rounded project does not just have commits. You also have event organizers. You have people doing bug triaging. You have quality assurance and testing, localization if you have multiple languages. You need documentation. And there's so many different things that need to happen in an open source project. And so a good quality project makes sure that they pay attention to all of these different areas. 
that's uh, actually a type of contribution symmetric in the common working group, because from that one metric, we can derive multiple sub metrics. And it, I just mentioned it because we just finished that last week. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, I mean, we've sort of run the gamut about like explaining chaos and uh, different types of metrics, but I'm curious if there's a listener that's out there that wants to get involved, wants to get this applied to their project, or just wants to learn more about what your folks are are doing uh, within this uh, this realm. Uh, where did they go? So the best place to find chaos is on chaos.community is our website, and we have a website uh, page there, chaos.community slash participate, where we list out all of the meetings. We are very synchronous community with a lot of phone calls or Zoom calls where we talk about what we're working on, how we're working. We actually have work sessions where we spend 40 minutes thinking through a metric and defining it. We can just come and ask questions if you want to start your metric journey or you're stuck in some point. We also have calls for the different software projects where we have hands-on sessions on actually doing things with Grimoire Lab and Augur. So that's the best place to find where the community is. And then we have a mailing list there on IRC. We're not so active on IRC, but I'm monitoring that and then I can point you always in the right direction. Excellent. Cool. Well, Georg, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting about the Chaos Project. I'm hoping that the listeners have got a lot of really awesome information that they can go and find the show notes and click the links and and then discover how they can improve the quality of their projects. But for now, I think I want to transition us to picks. Uh, these are things that we're jamming on. This is Jamstack Radio, so we jam a lot. Uh, so these are music picks. This is tech picks. This is all of the above. The stuff that keeps you going uh, throughout the day. But if you don't mind, I see you have picks. But uh, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Of course, yeah, go ahead. So my first pick is Gridsum. I've been doing a lot of work for a project at, at GitHub, and we're using a Vue static site generator, which is called Gridsum. They call it the modern static site generator. And it, it looks a lot like Nux, but it's quite different. It actually feels a little bit more like Gatsby. Honestly, I don't know. I can't compare everything one-to-one, but if you're doing JavaScript and you wanted to ever try Vue, I think these static site generators are really good introductions to trying some of these other frameworks uh, like React and, and Vue. And um, I have loved it for the sense that I've never done any Vue that hasn't been like small tinkering, like copying, pasting, or sort of massaging some existing code. But I've been able to jump in directly into this project because I didn't actually start the the first commit in this project. But as far as like getting the project moving forward and feeling productive as a uh, you know a, a senior engineer, I had no issues. Uh, so I do recommend checking out Gridsum as a, a project to get started for some of these like uh, marketing apps or static sites. My second pick is Netlify Analytics. I recently just got on board with this tool, and we talked a lot about metrics. Uh, Netlify Analytics, if you're already using Netlify to deploy a site, um, it's like a one-click install to make this work. You don't actually have to put any sort of tokens or cookies onto your site itself, uh, similar like Google Analytics, because Netlify is actually looking at this data on the edge. So on their CDN, they're able to uh, infer like unique visitors and some other data, and also sourcing like where your users are viewing from, so I just started tinkering on that on one of my projects. Uh, I found they're super useful, and I like I like the fact that I don't have to sort of migrate analytics tokens and put in cookies and do all this weird stuff to my site just to find out who's using it. And then with that being said, I have one last pick, 
which is uh, listeners of the podcast know I do like cooking. I do make quite a bit of bread. And I've recently just picked up a June oven. Kind of weird. I've, I've seen the June oven like on Instagram ads and Facebook and stuff like that for a while. And finally pulled the trigger. Um, they came out with like a new version, which was cheaper than the original version. So it's still like a pretty cold like 600 bucks, I think, or 500, 600 bucks. But I use this thing every day. And it's like changed the way I sort of approach cooking. So it's a smart oven. And you're able to, there's like a camera inside of it, so you can actually see like the food. I'm not sure how useful it is, to be honest. I haven't really used it very often. The camera itself, I use the, the oven all the time. But it also comes with a, a built-in thermometer. So if you want to cook chicken or like rare steak or whatever you're looking to cook, like it has a built-in th- thermometer that you just sort of plug it in. So yeah, it's, it's changed the way I approach cooking. It's also supposed to be like dehydrating, which I haven't done yet, and slow cooking and roasting and yeah, just check it out. It, it might be a super frivolous uh, buy for some people, but I tend to cook every meal at home, so it's been super useful for my family. So happy to share that jam pick. Uh, Georg, you have uh, some picks? I, I do. I just want to ask about the oven. When you say it has a built-in thermometer. Yes. So for the chicken, do you actually insert that into the chicken, or is this like... Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, it plugs into the side of the oven, so you can take it out to, to wash it, uh, but it plugs it in, you put it inside the chicken, and then, like I didn't know, but chicken has to be at 165 degrees yeah. Uh, yeah. or higher to, to make sure it cooks out all the bacteria is really what it is, if you want to be specific. But what I'm getting at is like, the best part about that is like you have a chicken breast, you plug in the thermometer, and then you, it's like instantly like a juicy piece of chicken breast that's safe to eat. I usually like obliterate chicken and like cook <laughs> it way too long, and then it's super dry. But I've had only great results uh, from actually using a thermometer. Who'd have thought? Yeah, we cook a lot at home, so maybe I should look into that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Netflix Analytics is another good uh, good pointer because we use Netflix. We just switched to using Netflix. So my pick is uh, Riot IM. Uh, it's an instant messenger, and it's built on the Matrix platform, where in the Chaos Project, I've never been able to monitor our IRC channel. And now with Riot IM, I get the messages even when I'm offline, and I have the same software on my computer as on my phone. And so... It's helped me to stay on top of what's happening in the IRC channel for the Chaos Project, and it's been it's been a game changer for me. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. I will definitely check it out. It's uh, I mean, one of the things at Chaos, I, I don't know how much we we touched on it, like like being able to introspect like all different platforms seems super useful. And I guess you're already doing that with this other tool. Exactly. So the the Grimola project has thirty different data sources and. One of the data source is IRC, uh, Slack, and other platforms so that you get the holistic view of the community. Cool. Yeah. Well, Georg, thanks again for coming on and chatting about the uh, Chaos Project and like telling us about all these cool tools like involved within that space. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 